0: level. Mm-hmm. Welcome everyone to the Inspirational Businesswoman Show, where today we're going to be talking about Subtle Body Signals, The Secret to Self-Empowerment, featuring Jennifer Whitaker. Hi everyone, I'm Virginia Parsons, your host and the founder of Media Spotlight Marketing. And I'm looking forward to our interview today. I appreciate you taking the time to be here with us live, or if you should find us in replay, that's awesome too. Either way, we'd appreciate it if you would help spread the word about this amazing interview that I'm about to do with Jennifer. All you have to do is push the share button while I play the preview and we'll be getting started in just a moment. Have a great one mm Hi everyone, I'm so pleased that you're here today. We have a wonderful show coming up for you featuring Jennifer Whitaker and I can't wait to get started about it. I first of all want to thank all of you again for being here. You are special to me. I'm Virginia Parsons, the host of the show and the founder of Media Spotlight Marketing, and it is my passion to bring to you a goldmine of inspirational tips, strategies, and advice to help you grow your business from inspirational businesswomen in the know. And so I appreciate you being here. Please let us know where you're viewing from, say hi in the comments, and any questions that you have, we'll do our best to get back to you with those answers live or after the show. So please go ahead and join in the conversation today. Now, today's show is sponsored by hangout-marketing.com. Have you been thinking about using live stream and video to enhance and brand your own business? Well, here's what you can do. Take advantage of my live stream marketing assessments. It will only take you a moment, and it'll give you some great insights to how you can start using this amazing live stream platform to grow your business. All you have to do to take advantage of that is text pound success to 775-800-4179. Or if you're out of the country, just go to hangout-marketing.com to take that assessment. As I said, it'll only take you a few minutes, so go ahead and take advantage of that. Now let's introduce our wonderful guest, Jennifer. Jennifer is an empowerment strategist. She's an author, she's a podcaster, and she is multi-talented even with myofacial release. And she's going to share with us today an amazing topic about the secret to self-empowerment and how you might use subtle body signals in order to have your own new, self-empowered feelings inside. So why? She's gonna talk about why question your own beliefs. Secondly, she's got to go over the negative effects of self-sabotage. And thirdly, she's gonna discuss how to transform old beliefs into new, empowering habits. We're thrilled to have you, Jennifer. Come on in and say hi to our audience.
1: Hi, Virginia. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me on the show today.
0: I love having you here, and the point being is that I think that all women in business need a little dose of self empowerment, and you are coming, yeah, and you are coming at it from, I think, such a unique perspective. First of all, based mm-hmm. on your background, and then secondly, based on all the training you've had.
1: So Mm -hmm.
0: I really like to start the show around your background. Um, Most everyone I interview has had what I call defining moments that take them from Mm -hmm. where they used to be into what they're doing now and into their passion and their way of delivering that passion to the world. So let's get a little background. I know our viewers will be interested in that.
1: Okay, absolutely. Um, A lot of my background story uh, is, uh, I'll be honest, it's not rooted in the happy and the positive. Um, I grew up in uh, a home where both of my parents were abusive, and I learned a lot of coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms. for my behaviors when I was a child, because my sense of normal was pretty distorted in my home. And I carried those behaviors with me into adulthood. And those behaviors that were coping mechanisms that actually saved me from getting in trouble in childhood became my saboteurs in adulthood. And I was taught as a child that I needed to stuff my emotions, um, wasn't allowed to express my emotions in a big way. And I've learned in adulthood um, a lot through the classes that I've taken and the trainings I've had that our emotions, if we know how to work with them and if we stop trying to put emotions, they're our superpower. That's our GPS system. So I. things as a way to learn to heal myself and in healing myself, combining that, my personal experiential knowledge with my professional knowledge, I can see sometimes in real time whether or not what I'm learning is actually working Um, in what I'm learning.
0: Well, that's so important because um, I love the way you put it, the GPS system that really Mm -hmm. helps you interpret what's going on. And our body gives out signals all the time. And so often I found that, um, you know, if you're not comfortable with those signals, we try to Mm -hmm. suppress them or mute them in some way because they bring up stuff within us. So I think it's important that, um, you know, we go right on into the initial topic. And that is why it's important to question your beliefs. And then we'll get into these body signals. So go ahead.
1: Absolutely. Um, So it's important to question your beliefs because more often than not, our beliefs are just habits Things that we've heard so many times throughout our life that we just accept them as true and we don't often question our beliefs. So is this true? Is this reality? Uh, A lot of times you'll get a totally different answer from yourself. And I think the best way to explain this is to give you an example. Um, And the example I have, uh, it's a life example. um, So I hope that's okay. Several years ago, I was in a relationship um, where my partner and I were trying to blend our families. Um, He had three children, I had one. And we were just having a really busy weekend, one weekend trying to get kids to practices and doing all the stuff that was on the schedule. And at that point in my life, I I still hadn't figured this out. (laughs) And he came to me and said, hey, will you just go order pizza? Uh, We need the kids are starting to get hungry and we need to get food. And my response was, uh, okay, I'll order pizza, but what does everybody want? Um, You know, what do your boys want on the pizza? I'll find out what my son wants on the pizza. And, And so I'm trying to take orders to figure out what everybody wants. And he got really frustrated with me and kind of snapped at me and basically said, oh my gosh, just do it. You know, just go order pizza and it and it was a stressful weekend so the tour, the story i started to tell myself the belief i had was why would you yell at me i'm being considerate i'm trying to consider what each person wants i'm trying to you know be considerate of, of the kids needs and what they're asking for and that was the story i told myself and later when i looked back at it And I really got honest with myself. And here's where it's important to know yourself and really get to really go inside and get to know your core values, your motivations, because on the surface, that sounded like a really valid reason why I was upset that he snapped at me. The truth is, because of my own childhood trauma, at that point in my life, I wasn't willing to make a decision on what somebody else would eat. So in my childhood, uh, for example, I can remember when I was a really little girl one night, um, dad asked me where I wanted to go for dinner and I chose for the whole family. I chose Long John Silver's because that was my favorite restaurant when I was a little, little girl. And the food wasn't good. No surprise, it was Long John Silver's. Um, It had sat under the lights for a long time and my dad wasn't happy that his food wasn't very good. And that turned into my fault because I was the one who chose the restaurant. So it became my fault that his food wasn't good. And I kind of heard the rant about it the whole rest of the night and even into the next day about how horrible his dinner was. Uh, So he just wasn't able to let it go. And as a little child, I learned very quickly, oh my gosh, don't ever do this again. Don't decide what people want. Be wishy-washy or, you know, or I turned it into being considerate. Um, No, well, wait a minute, what do you want? So I would go into this line of questioning. So what really happened in that moment when my partner asked me to get pizza, what really came up for me was a trauma response. And it was trauma replaying through, through my central nervous system and I was just on autopilot, I wasn't, thinking cognitively or clearly. And my mind made up the story that, oh, I was being considerate. Oh, poor me. Kept me in the role of the victim, which we hear a lot about. And it was several years after that relationship ended that I had this aha moment going, oh my gosh, he on some level he was right. Um, Not 100%. We're both right and we were both wrong in that situation. I don't know that he should have snapped at me the way he did and at the same time i didn't need to go into the dramatic response that i had in that situation either Uh, really the grown-up response would have been on my part go yeah we are having a busy weekend i'm going to order a cheese pizza i'm going to order a pepperoni pizza and everybody's going to find something they like and it's going to be good enough um so that's where i think it's really really important to question our beliefs because that belief was a story that I told myself and I have since recreated that belief and um, questioned it and realized that this isn't true in my world. This isn't reality whenever I look in the bigger context of life. And so I've had to change my beliefs and take a different approach.
0: What an awesome story. First of all, the story teaches so many things. And how Mm -hmm. you discovered yourself that Mm -hmm. that time ended up triggering an old belief from childhood. And Mm -hmm. then you built a story around that which probably was also a misperception on your part, just because your dad didn't have to like it, didn't make you responsible for making that choice because you were asked to make the choice. So very interesting. And you know, the other thing I like about this story is that on the surface, it seems very inconsequential, right? Exactly. And yet it triggered something major in you and it triggered an old belief pattern. And as you talk, you're gonna talk about further, a body signal, a neurological response pattern that went way back into childhood Mm -hmm. and affected the way you responded to him and his comments. And so well put that you said, neither of us really handled that very well, but I definitely went back into my story, into my old response pattern. So what a fabulous way to describe what you're talking about as far as questioning what's going on with your beliefs. And are they really true? Is this the real reality? So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Wonderful. Well, let's take it to the next step then. Um, Let's get into the body signals a little bit and uh, the negative effects that you have from them that create self-sabotage.
1: Oh, absolutely so our body signals uh, oftentimes come across as emotions or sensations and it's very rare that we have a sensation in our body that's not attached to an emotion or an emotion that's attached to a sensation um so for example um you can You can think about, I I think most people have lost somebody or lost something or experienced grief. So you can think about somebody that you've lost in your life and you can actually feel it a lot of times in your chest because a lot, that grief a lot of times really does hit us in the chest and the heart. So those are the types of body signals and meaning. Um, it's the body signals that we get from emotions. So whenever we have anger, it's really common when somebody is experiencing anger to have that heat kind of rises up from the core and we get that tenseness in our jaw and our muscles just kind of clench. That's our body going into the flight or fight response. The fight response is, you know, whenever you kind of clench your fists and you tense up and you're, you're just, you're ready to fight. And this is not something we consciously do. It's controlled by the brain stem and the cerebellum, which is our reptilian brain. It's our autopilot. And we don't have conscious control over it. Um, The other thing that can happen is sometimes our body goes into the flight response where you feel like you just get jittery, you wanna run away, you're looking for the door and constantly you're trying to angle your body toward the door so you can find your getaway or get out of the room. And these are body signals that a lot of times we just ignore, we don't pay attention to. And again, like I said a few minutes ago, this is our GPS system, these signals are feedback from within ourselves, letting us know second by second by second with what's in the environment, whether that's a resonant match for us or whether it's something that we need to go closer to, step away from, respond differently to. And because we're not taught, about um, our emotions, how they work, and what they're what they're really trying to do for us in our life, we usually are just taught to stuff them other than happiness. There's been this um, positivity movement in society in the last five to 10 years where uh, we're supposed to choose happy thoughts all the time and choose the positive thoughts all the time. And on one hand, there's nothing wrong with that. On the other hand, it's out of balance and if it's out of control to the point that you're only choosing the positive emotions and you are completely ignoring what is considered negative emotions. And I'm using air quotes because I hate the term negative emotion. There's no such thing. Um, All emotions have value, so if it's fear, or anger, or shame, if any of those emotions are starting to surface, um, that is your body giving you a really, really, really big signal that you need to do something different in this situation, you need to respond differently, maybe you need to walk away, maybe you need to speak up for yourself and set a boundary. And if you think about it, how many times do we just ignore these body signals and just go with the flow? And how many times in our life, um, and I think all the listeners are going to probably resonate with this question: How many times in your life have you had a gut feeling about something, you've ignored the gut feeling, and then you've regretted it? That's what I'm talking about, or these types of gut feelings. And it's important to know the difference between a gut feeling and a strong emotion. A strong emotion is, you know, something that just kind of overtakes you. A gut feeling, oftentimes, is a background, really quiet knowing. So if you're following your strong emotions, instead of that quiet knowing, um, you might be you know, going down the wrong rabbit hole.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask. I think that that's the harder part for uh, people to interpret. I think we mm-hmm. all, you know, it, I, I use the example of um, how the fight or flight system works within in our, auto. I think it's called the autonomic nervous system. Um, yes. As an example of if you're driving down the highway and you suddenly hear a siren and see lights flashing and you think, uh-huh. that, at least for me, the first response is, uh-oh, I think maybe he's after me. <laughs> but before <laughs> I've even had that cognitive thought, my body's uh-huh. already started the autonomic response. In other words, my heart rate has increased, my respiration is yep. increased, and I'm feeling this sense of fight or flight going on. So that's Absolutely. pretty easy to figure out, and it's amazing how fast it happens before you even cognitively think it. However, mm-hmm. let's talk or go a little deeper into these more subtle feelings, these what you call uh-huh. gut feelings. And I think even yes. the term gut feeling tells you a lot about where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Can, can you just dig yes. a little deeper with this, give people a little more information on how they can interpret those?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, with our gut feelings, um, when like I said, whenever you have a gut feeling, a lot of times it's just a background, quiet knowing. You just you just know that you should be saying yes in a situation, or you should be saying no in a situation. Um, so. Okay, I have an example for you. It took me a second to come up with it, <laughs> get it for, for it to congeal. Um, so here, here's a perfect example. I was having a conversation with a gentleman, this was last summer, and um, I'd had a long road trip on my way home. My friends were having a get together and I stopped at this little get together that I'd been invited to before I actually went home from my road trip. So I was pretty tired. And I was talking to this gentleman, and because I was so tired, I noticed that my mind was like drifting in and out of the conversation. And I was getting to a point where I'm like, I think I need to go home. And about the time that I realized this, um, I had this realization that our conversation had turned to politics, and I don't remember how that happened. (laughs) And... I noticed that, I'll put my hand here, um, I had my arms crossed, which I do a lot, and I, my fingers were really digging in. I don't know if you can see this, but my fingers were really digging my arm. And I look down, I'm like, wow, what am I doing? And again, this was one of my body signals that I was giving myself. Um, and my hand was squeezing my arm so tightly, basically telling me can we go, can we get out of here? This is, <laughs> this is not the best place for you. Maybe you shouldn't have stopped and made an appearance at this little get together. Let's just bow out and go home. Um, and I was having, I was having a hard time and it, and I probably looked like a little bit of a to this gentleman, but I spoke up and I said, excuse me. I said, I know we're in the middle of a conversation, but I'm realizing that I'm having a hard time following. My mind keeps drifting out. And I just, I think I really just need to go home and go to bed early tonight. And he kind of stood back for a second and his eyes got big and he, but I also saw this look of appreciation on his face. Like, yeah, I, I get what you're talking about. Go, go get some rest. And the conversation ended, which in politics, you know, topic about politics that could have ended really badly. (laughs) And I was able to pull myself out of it because I was noticing these subtle body signals. And one of the subtle body signals that I was giving myself was that dissociation of the mind. I wasn't able to follow the conversation. So that is a really subtle way. We call it ADD. And ADD is really a coping mechanism that we have that. Um, whenever we get into overwhelming situations a lot of times our mind will drift off and it's a coping mechanism that usually we develop in early childhood um, pre-verbal stages um, is whenever we develop that Uh, other subtle body signals that you'll notice is um, somebody let's say your friends ask you to do something you've you've schedule for the day you've told yourself okay i'm working from home today i'm going to do this 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 and this and it's all behind the scenes work so you don't have meetings you're not necessarily going out and interacting with other people you have to keep yourself on task somebody calls and says hey you want to go to lunch today We're, you know are you free um a lot of times the subtle body signal you'll get from your gut will be a no if you know what to pay attention to look you said you were going to stay home you said you were going to get this stuff done and your mind goes, oh, this sounds like way more fun than what I'm going to do. So you go out to lunch with your friends and then you come home at the end of the afternoon and you're like, oh man, I didn't get all this stuff done. And then you beat yourself up in your mind because you missed that subtle body signal. And I'm really glad that you said what you said about the gut, um, you know, before we really got into this topic, because what I would like the listeners to know is um, I've been, I'm a trauma specialist also, so I've been paying a lot of attention to the research that's been going on on trauma. And in the research of neurobiology, I find this fascinating. They've discovered um, that we have actually have neurons, a cluster of neurons in our, in our guts, in our digestive system. Um, so we do have a gut brain. We also have a cluster of neurons. They call them sensory neurites in the heart. So we have a little brain in the heart, we have a little brain in the gut, and we have a little brain in our head. So we, it's important to try to get all three brains in harmony to align with each other. Uh, Because if not, it's like bickering within yourself in this war within yourself. So how many times have we said to ourselves, well, my head tells me to do this and my heart tells me to do that. You're right. Your head probably is telling you one thing and your heart's probably telling you to do another. So how do you work with that, how do you sort it out, and how do you determine which one you should really listen to? And that's that's the type of work I do with my clients, is really taking a deep dive and teaching them how to figure out the su- subtle signals that you can work with it, and you can start to interpret your signals. Um, one thing I would like to say to all the listeners out there is be careful in listening to my stories and assuming would be the same. It's a matter of getting to know yourself well enough to know what your own signals are telling you. So what what is telling me might be different than what a similar feeling is telling you about your situation in the moment.
0: Fascinating. And I've never heard that described before that you have a mini brain in your heart and you have a mini brain in your gut and then you've got Sort of the big uh, control center up top, but uh, mm-hmm. we tend to pay more attention to that logical. I call it the logical part of the brain, the analytical part. And whereas uh, again, I get back to what you're speaking about. Sounds autonomic to me, meaning it's it's sort of all naturally um, rising mm-hmm. up in your heart's brain or in your gut's brain in a way that um, you're right. You really need to pay attention to that because sometimes the logical part just gets in the way of what your your intuitive knowing really is about Mm -hmm. something. And nobody can tell you how to do that. Only you have to become aware of it and pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always encourage Mm -hmm. people to really stay in touch with yourself and listen. And by listening, it's part of listening is feeling, part of listening is sensing. Mm -hmm. Um, and and get some of the analytical out of the way. Um, And also Mm -hmm. we've talked about this a bit earlier is to stop numbing yourself from feeling these things or you won't get good at this, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And a lot of the reasons that uh, people have habits, like, you know, they'll go home from work and drink a glass of wine or two at the end of the day. Um, that is to kind of quell some of these feelings of stress and overwhelm um, it, because it's self-soothing and it's you know self-pacifying just from the overwhelm that we experience. And one thing that I see in a lot of my clients is people just don't know how to relax anymore. Um, and I spent a lot of years in my life not knowing how to relax. So when when the autonomic nervous system um, gets into fight or flight, you know, like we're up here in activation and we should be coming down here all the way down to a calm, relaxed state whenever we're not in sympathetic activation. Um, a lot of times because we just constantly have stress in our life all day long, we don't come all the way back down to baseline. So a lot of people just in general society, when they come from act- from sympathetic activation, when they come back down to rest, they're here instead of down here. So this is that low level of sympathetic activation where you've got your um, stress hormones that are going all the time. Instead of coming all the way down to rest, you've got stress hormones that are kind of circulating in this level, which causes that inflammation, which leads to chronic illness and a whole host of other issues in the body. So our lifestyles literally make us sick And what I try to teach people how to do is how can we bring ourselves back down to rest and relaxation and get the central nervous system all the way down so we don't have stress hormones even at a low level circulating in the body. So our body really can rest and rejuvenate. And a lot of times our emotions are telling us exactly what we need to do for ourselves. And we just ignore these signals all day long. And I'm guilty of it. Um, I I did it just the other day. Um, I was getting a really strong signal from my body that, you know what? It's time to stop working, you know, you've got more to do, let's put this off until tomorrow, and I didn't. I pushed through, and I ended up with a horrible headache before the day was over, and I don't get headaches very often, and I'm like, darn it, I did it to myself again, and I knew it, and I chose to continue working. So. headache was not a horrible price to pay and at the same time my body was telling me exactly what i needed and i chose to ignore it and i paid the price
0: fascinating fascinating conversation and you know the thing you say about we never really come all the way down i think is important to pay attention to because we have so much stimulus around us now i mean everyone's got their cell phone at their hip or wherever i mean you don't go, People don't go anywhere without it. I used to go um, on drives, you know, hour-long drives in the car when I used to have to, when I lived way in the country and I had to sh- drive for an hour to do my major shopping. There were mm-hmm. no cell phones. I used to call that my car meditation. I left my kids at home. I had an hour quiet to drive and think. Oh, we don't do that. We have uh, notifications going off all the time from all these different devices. And I'm beginning to think that people, in all honesty, are, don't even know truly what that, that low, quiet, calm level even is anymore, because as you say, we're constantly heightened. But you've made another really valid point, and that is that in the state of chronic, low-grade stress, we are all more inflamed, and therefore it leads to chronic inflammation and as you say, disease—both disease and disease. Yes. <laughs> wow. What what an important point you just made. Mm-hmm,
1: absolutely. And if you really think about our emotions and think about their purpose and what they're trying to do, um, if you think about the times when you're happy and you really truly experience happiness or joy or you know euphoria or you know any of these positive emotions. Um, those positive emotions are giving us signals that whatever this situation is, this is in your greatest and highest good, and you get these feel-good feelings because you want more of that. And whenever you get the quote, negative emotions like fear or anger or grief, you know, that's, again, your body telling you that maybe this isn't in your best interest, or maybe you need to slow down and just be with this for a little bit, or maybe you need to walk away. And um, That's trying to keep things out that are not in our greatest and highest good. So it's trying to let the good things in. It's trying to keep the bad things out. That's what our emotions try to do for us. Does that sound like another system to you in your body? Like maybe your immune system, could there be a parallel? And we completely ignore our emotions and then we wonder why we have epidemic levels of depression and anxiety and mental illness. Nobody's working with the emotions in society. And this is something where there's a huge gap in the market, there's a huge gap in society and in the culture and we need to find a healthier approach for each and every one of us to deal with our emotions. Um, because it's like our, um, the immune system for our psyche instead of our physical body. And
0: wow, let, oh, wait, 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 just, whoa, hold on. <laughs> there's a, there's a pack your bag moment right there.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's like an immune system for our body.
1: For say our that psyche. Again.
0: Or for our psyche. A, oh, yeah. Say it again. Say it one yeah. more time. Hold on.
1: Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Our emotions are like the immune system for our psyche. So they're trying to let good things in that are good for our soul, for our psyche, for our mind, and they're trying to keep bad things out that it knows is going to harm our mind, our soul, or our spirit, whatever you wanna call it. So it's like our immune system for our psyche.
0: I love that, our immune system for our psyche, our emotions, our immune system for our psyche. Woo, powerful stuff going on here. Uh, Let's go into the third hot topic we have today, and that is how to trans, and I think you've really been uh, already hitting on this, of course, but how does one transform these old limiting beliefs that are self-sabotaging into new empowering habits and habit is the key word there, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, one of the first things I would say is really start to question the stories you tell yourself in your mind because a lot of times they are just stories. Um, humans, if there's anything that we are really, really good at, it's making up stories and it's giving meaning through stories. So we, we give meaning to every little part and Self and, arts. and if you think about the same exact situation you might have 10 people who experience the same event and you're going to get 10 different perceptions of the event um and you probably have seen this on your show like i'm not sure if people ever leave um comments or you get complaints in your comments or people who um say that the show was terrible. So you might have you know like 500 people who comment and say, oh my gosh, this was awesome. But then you get five people who say, this was terrible. I can't believe it. I can't believe she said these things. What's causing the differences in perception? That's the difference in our state of mind and what's happening inside of us is what causes those differences in perception. So that's one step in the process is to start to question the stories you tell yourself and start to question your own perceptions. And when you start to question your own perceptions, that really is a step into curiosity. And curiosity with ourselves allows us to be more curious with other people. So that can help in communication because if we can start to question our own stories, then we can think, oh, wow, maybe if the story I'm telling myself. Maybe if that's not reality, and maybe that's not true for everybody, then what could be true for the other people? So then we're able, each time we do this, to try to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes and see from different perspectives. And that can really help and aid our communication because it the curiosity takes judgment out of the equation. And curiosity and judgment are like opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, And so that's one part where it's really important. Um, another part where it's really important is to again pay attention to your emotions and what they're telling you, and be accepting of your emotions. So if we have um, fear or anger, um, anger is a big one. A lot of people have, um, a lot of people hold on to anger and they don't want to express their anger, or they get really big and over express their anger to the point where people don't want to be around that person. Um, A lot of times you'll see people who are just happy all the time and they never experience any emotion or never express any emotion. I shouldn't say experience, but they don't usually express emotions other than positive and happy. Um, That's incredibly unhealthy because we all have fear, we all have anger, we all have judgments that come up, we all have criticisms. It's it's a matter of noticing them and questioning it before you buy into it. Notice the anger that comes up and try to figure out what is this anger trying to tell me? Usually anger is a motivator when somebody's crossed a boundary. So if somebody's crossed the boundary, how did that happen? Did that person not know what the boundary was that they crossed? Um, and I'm a big advocate of not setting boundaries with other people, but setting boundaries with yourself. If you set boundaries, really strict boundaries with yourself, then other people are less likely to cross them because when you're setting them with yourself, you're setting the example and by example, you're showing people how to treat you. And you're not running around laying down the law and, you know, giving lists of rules to people that you expect them to remember and follow because, you know, how, how many people do you have in your life? Friends, family, coworkers, colleagues? How many people do you know? How many sets of boundaries can you really remember Virginia? That's a heck of a lot. <laughs> set them with yourself and other people we're gonna follow. I love it.
0: And I think what you're saying is so value, valuable and that is to not try to set boundaries with anyone else but yourself because that's the only one you can control and keep track of. I exactly. also like that you said um, that you asked the question, What is the, in this case, you said anger, but I would say in general, what is the emotion I'm feeling trying to tell me? What is it trying to communicate to me? And Mm -hmm. I think that if you pause and ask that question, you are in the position now to transform, as you said, a belief Mm -hmm. that probably is an old misperception into Mm -hmm. what you might want to now start calling a new empowering habit. So the Mm -hmm. new empowering habit comes from the new realization that it's only a misperception is that correct
1: Uh, yes and the new empowering realization often comes from oh wow there are a dozen different ways to look at this situation and i was really attached to that one way and i was thinking that that one way that i was seeing the situation like i was being considerate about pizzas Um, that was the only avenue i was capable of seeing in the moment the day that it happened it was later when i reflected on it that i'm like oh wow yeah there were a lot of different ways to look at that situation and i was just stuck in the loop of seeing it from through you know the, the ones the one set with blinders on because <laughs> i really did have blinders on at that point in my life Got it. um,
0: All right. Well, uh, there's so much we could mm -hmm. talk for hours, I know about this topic, but we do need to give people an opportunity to learn more from you. You have a special gift from them and what I'm going to do is put that gift link up on the screen while you talk to them a little bit about what it's all about. So you go ahead Uh and I will post it as well.
1: Oh, fantastic. So the um, shift your focus. Workbook is a free ebook that you can get. Um, it's, I think, 11 pages long, and it takes you through a step by step process. And it's um, kind of like a goal setting process. Um, I compare it to New Year's resolutions, even though it doesn't have to coincide with New Year's resolutions. So it's a step by step process of setting goals a little bit differently. Um, we Tend to set goals with things that we want to change about ourselves, um, and we tend to set really big goals that sometimes can be overwhelming. That we put too much pressure on our own shoulders. So I'm trying to take people through the process of how do you chunk it down into something that's more manageable and a little bit smaller. And let's repeat this process often. Let's do this, you know, at you know, every six to twelve months, if everything in life is going great, if your life is overwhelming and you have a lot of change and a lot of transition, you might want to do this, go through this process once a month or every couple months, just so you can give yourself little waypoints along the way, instead of okay, I'm going to set this resolution in January and I have a year to complete it, and I'll come back in a year and I'll realize I haven't done it, and then I'm going to feel terrible about myself. Um, so it's chunking it down into smaller bite-sized pieces that are more manageable instead of this huge goal. And if you do a huge goal, it's just as excruciating along the way.
0: Well, that sounds wonderful. So for those of you who I've posted it on the different live streams, but if you didn't see that, you might want to hear it. Or if you happen to be listening to this on a podcast later, if you want to pick up Jennifer's gift, all you need to do is go to H mtips.com forward slash jennifers with a plural jennifers gift hmtips.com forward slash jennifers gift so you can go there and take advantage of this uh wonderful gift from jennifer uh jennifer i want to thank you so much for being here today you have just given a wealth or as what i call it, a gold mine of information uh strategies and ideas for people And you know what? When we talk about how this might help grow their business, it's because you can take these kind of tips now and work on yourself and eliminate some of those undermining beliefs and develop new strategies for yourself and pay more attention to your body signals. As subtle as many of them are, there's some that are pretty powerful too, but just start paying attention to them and you might start to feel your own energy soar and that'll give you more energy to develop and um, brand and share your business with other people. So I really hope you found this information helpful. Jennifer, any one
1: last statement you might want the last thing i'd like to leave people with is to accept all parts of yourself all of your emotions all of your sensations all of your feelings and if you're having difficulty learning to accept all those parts of yourself reach out to somebody for help Um, because there are ways that you could be taught and that you can learn to do this without it being too overwhelming or too fearful Um, but Accept all parts of yourself, even the parts that you think other people wouldn't accept.
0: How perfect. Accept yourself. All parts, not just some parts, all parts of yourself. You are special and unique just the way you are. Thank you, Jennifer, so much for being here today. Thank you for all our viewers, both live and in replay mode. We appreciate you. We would love to hear from you. Um, Give us your feedback. Any questions you have, we'll be sure to get back to you. And I want to thank you all for being with us and have a great week. I'm going to end everything with a little outro video that invites you to take part in the show. Thank you again and everyone have a great day. Thanks so much for watching today. Do you know someone who would be a great guest for our show? Or would you like to be a guest on the Inspirational Businesswoman Show? Let's shine the spotlight on your expertise. We'll share your story while offering tips, strategies, and advice to our viewers. Expert interviews are a great way to build your reputation as the go-to expert. Go to ShineTips.com forward slash IBWS to apply today. Women are waiting for your message and I can't wait to interview you.